Last night I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is at the very top of his industry at a world-renowned institution. And he was sharing with me some of the decisions and moves that those in leadership within his institution are making. And many of those decisions are rather discouraging. And as he shared these things with me, I found myself feeling that at nearly every level of our society, it seems as though our leaders, be they political leaders or business leaders, institutional leaders, and so on, our leaders appear to be making decisions that seem to be governed by what we might call fool's wisdom. The inevitable consequences of foolish leadership are clear. You can study philosophical books, theological books, you can study history, and you will see the inevitable consequences of foolish leadership. When the blind lead the blind, the consequences are almost always certainly doom. Seeing these things, it is hard not to be pessimistic. For years, I have lived by the value of optimism. I have shared with the church that I pastor quite frequently that we want everything we do to be done with joy because we have an optimistic vision of the future. That is kind of the first value of our church. Ultimately, Christians do have an optimistic vision of the ultimate future. Go and read Revelation 21 and 22, the last chapters of the Bible. If you believe the narrative of the scriptures, the final end is a very good one. But the journey along the way to that point is at times quite turbulent. It can be rather bumpy. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. That is the reality of life in a broken and fallen world. We are in the midst of what would appear to be increasingly challenging times in the West. And at such times, optimism can be at an increasingly high value, a rare commodity, if you will. The demand is high, but the supply can be rather low. But these times that we are living in, though challenging for us, they are or would be a walk in the park when compared with other far more turbulent times throughout history. Though that's never really an encouragement to those that are facing increasingly challenging times for themselves. But as I spoke with this friend of mine, I was thinking about this passage in Isaiah chapter 18. It is a somewhat strange passage veiled in all kinds of poetic language. One of those passages in which you feel like you need a cipher, kind of like a decoder ring, if you will, to pull it apart. But as you spend some time peeling back the layers and understanding what's going on in this passage, the picture slowly becomes clear. All of the nations at the time of Isaiah chapter 18, they were all working overtime to establish alliances with one another in advance of the coming march of the Assyrian invasion, the Assyrian armies led by kings Sargon, Sennacherib, and so on. The nations see the Assyrians on the warpath, and they are all doing their best to prepare for the inevitable. Fear is gripping them. Pessimism of the near future was very high. 
It's like when a hurricane is out at sea making its way towards land and all of those at the expected point of landfall are boarding up businesses and filling up sandbags and they're doing all that they can to prepare and then all they have left is to just wait as they wait for the inevitable landfall. That's what is happening at this period of time that Isaiah is writing these things. In the midst of this, the Ethiopians, which are the focus of Isaiah chapter 18, they would come to the people of Judah, Isaiah's people, to make an alliance with them so that they would be ready for the onslaught of the Assyrians. And not just the, uh, not just the Ethiopians, but the Egyptians, all these different people are trying to make leagues with one another. And God would tell his people, he would tell the king of Judah, King Hezekiah, don't make a league with them. They won't be able to help you. He will tell them, trust in me instead. But the temptation when the storm is coming is to trust in, shall we say, tangible things like the military might of your neighbor. As I talk with friends and they share with me the concerning realities of the economy or the foolishness of leaders at various levels of government or industry or companies, whatever it may be, or the chaos of geopolitics, I can find myself pessimistically seeking for tangible things to lean upon. And then I'm reminded of these words, powerful words from the psalmist. Maybe you've read them before in Psalm 46. The psalmist says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. He has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Something to think about. We'll see you next time.